Hi, I'm Aubrey Charette. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Please subscribe for updates and new episodes to this podcast. Also, you can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Join us each Sunday at 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Facebook Live. Be sure to like or follow our page while you're there. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to begin a two-part series on prayer, on prayer. And I just want to be honest with you today that I've got some questions when it comes to prayer. You may not, but I do. And so I just want to be transparent and honest with you today. Some of the questions that I have when it comes to this topic of prayer, you may have been in the church your whole life. You might have been praying from the moment that you were born. That would be kind of weird. I don't know how you do that, but you know, you know what I mean? Like you've always been praying. You might be here today and you're not like a religious person. Church has not really been your thing. And so prayer, it's kind of something that you're, but everybody that falls into any of those categories today, I think uh, the message that we have today is for you. Because I was thinking this week, and these are some of the questions that I have when it comes to prayer. What in the world is prayer really all about? I mean, I know the Bible tells us to pray. I know that Jesus prayed, but what is prayer really all about? And why is it that God answers some prayers and not others? I mean, I was thinking about this example from uh, just a few years back. My family, uh, my mom and dad moved from Richmond to Roanoke. My dad was a pastor there in ministry, and they had been there for a few years, and they had to build a house so that they could accommodate my dad's parents. So they basically built this house designed to have a complete full basement apartment so that my aging grandparents could live there. And after my grandfather passed away several years later, and uh, my dad received a call to ministry in Richmond, so they needed to relocate again, and they needed to sell their house. And this was right about the time when the economy was not booming, especially when it comes to the housing market. And so uh, literally for years and for years, we prayed. My my dad was already living in Richmond. About a year later, my mom and grandma kind of came and joined him there. And so the house was sitting empty. They desperately needed to sell a house. And we were praying. The church was praying. I was praying. My kids, every night, like their token prayer was, God, please help their house to sell. I mean, for years, we were praying. And, and, And finally... Finally, they, they basically just had to take a loss. They had to sell it for way, and they, they lost so much money, and now it's impacting kind of their financial situation. And so I remember that and thinking, God, why? Why didn't you answer that prayer? But yet I could tell you over here five examples of people, some in this church, some friends that I have that are in ministry, and they needed to relocate because of God's call, and they sold their house like in a day, like in a second. Literally, it was like as the sign was going into the yard, someone walked by and was like, I'll buy that house. I mean, why is it that God answered those prayers, but not mine? And I, I, that's, a, that's maybe a, a silly example. Some of us in the room, we have much deeper examples in our life. Why is it that we prayed for healing and God answered those prayers, but not ours? Why is it that we prayed, and and it seems like at times God hears us, and at times he doesn't? I'm just going to be honest today that I've got questions when it comes to prayer. Maybe you do too. And if you do, I think this series, over the next two weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to pray like it matters. And if you can tell by the name of that series, that insinuates that some of us, some of us aren't sure that prayer does matter. For some of us in the room, if we were really honest today, prayer feels a little bit like a flip of a coin. Maybe it's heads, maybe it's tails. Maybe it'll be answered, maybe it won't, but I'm going to flip the coin anyway. 
for some of us in the room, prayer becomes kind of like a good luck charm. Like, like students, you've never done this, right? You're on the way to the test and you overslept a little bit and you were supposed to study, but you didn't because Netflix was really good. And, it was re- and so on your way to the test, Lord, please help me. You know, it's just like the good luck charm that you're desperately holding on to recklessly on your way to a test that you didn't prepare for. No one ever does that, right? <laughs> it's just kind of our last ditch thing that we hold on to. Oh, God, help me, bless me. And if it's not that, then maybe for some of us, prayer is just a list of demands. God, give me. God, help me. God, uh, bless me. And, and that's, that's really what our, our prayers are. Help me, bless me, give me. And so for many of us in the room, our prayers kind of fall into one of those categories. And we pray because we were afraid not to. I mean, Jesus told us to, and, and we know we're supposed to pray. But if we were really honest, we're not even totally sure what prayer is about. And we wonder if we're doing it right. And so over these next two weeks, we're not going to share everything. We're not going to study everything with the regards to prayer. But we're going to look and begin today at some truth of what Jesus taught us about prayer. And, and some powerful things he said and how we can begin today to shift our mindset when it comes to the area of prayer. Because for many of us, we've settled into a mindset of prayer that is passive, that is reactive, that is me-focused. And that is convenient. And as I read that list, I, I am guilty often of praying like that. But what if what you and I think about prayer often, what if the ways that we have had it ingrained in our mind, what prayer is all, all about, what if that's really just the tip of the iceberg? What if God had so much more in mind for us when we pray? If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to begin with some foundational understanding of what prayer is We could spend a lot of time, we could spend months in Matthew chapter 6, but we won't today. We're going to spend a few minutes just looking at a few verses to lay a foundation for some other things that Jesus said. Uh, But really, in Matthew chapter 6, the reason it's powerful is because Jesus is going to teach us how to pray in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to start reading now in verse 5. If you read all the way down uh, Matthew 6, you're going to read one of the most famous prayers ever written because Jesus literally taught us how to pray. It's the Lord's Prayer, and we're not going to go through all that today, but what we're going to read is some instructions, some specific instructions that Jesus said right before the Lord's Prayer. And I think it's powerful for us in laying some foundation in what prayer is really all about. I'm going to start reading in verse 5 of Matthew 6. It says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. It's interesting that as Jesus begins to teach about prayer, the first thing he teaches is about where you should pray. <laughs> That's interesting. And in fact, he talks about the hypocrites that pray uh, out for everyone to see, the big announcement, the big production, and he says they've already received their reward. What is that? Maybe, maybe applause, maybe, oh, aren't they great? Isn't that? That's all the reward they will receive, Jesus says. And then we keep reading in verse 6, but when you pray... When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. When the Father who sees what is done in secret, then he will reward you. I'm so glad Jesus acknowledges that we're praying to a God that we can't see. I'm glad that even Jesus acknowledged this is a little weird. This is a little weird. And you may have showed up today and you may have thought you were the only one. You were the only one that thought we were just singing to a God we can't see. Now we're talking about praying to a God we can't see. This is a little weird. And if you haven't stopped to thought about that for a minute, even Jesus acknowledged 
We're praying to a God who we cannot see. I'm glad Jesus acknowledged that for us. But isn't it interesting that Jesus talks about going into the room and closing the door? Isn't it interesting that Jesus talks about a specific place that we are called to pray? And you may say, well, why is that important? Can't I pray while I'm driving down the road? Can't I pray while I'm eating my favorite meal? Oh, thank you, Jesus, right? why, Why can't I pray all the time? Absolutely you can. But Jesus is teaching us a powerful truth and a powerful example. I think about my relationship with Lauren, my wife. And some of you in here are parents, and some of you are parents of multiple kids. We have four. So it feels like life for us is just a zoo. It's just last night we were trying to, like, rearrange some stuff in the living room, and, and like, the kids were, like, flying around in circles. And I looked at Lauren and said, didn't you always dream of having a full house with kids? And she goes, it feels like we have way more than we really do right now because that is life for us. And if the only communication that Lauren and I ever had was just about who's taking who where? Did you sign the forms? Did you get what's for dinner? What are we doing? Who's doing that? Who's taking, who's shuttling them over there? Who's picking them up? I mean, that's, if that's the only communication that Lauren and I would have, after a little while, we would begin to feel very disconnected from each other. Why? Because there's something powerful, even for just a few minutes, when we finally get the kids in bed, they're not asleep, but, but they're at least up there, you know, and we can finally sit on the couch and look each other in the eyes, and we can finally, like, how was your day, really? How are you, like, just real, genuine connection, and that's what Jesus is trying to teach us. If our prayers are just kind of like a, like, as I lay my head down, God, would you help me, right, right, I mean, it's just kind of a fly-by-the-seat kind of thing. If that's what your prayer life is about, then you are not establishing the deep connection that the Father God wants, and so Jesus challenges us Find that quiet place. Shut the door. What does that mean? Remove distraction. Put the phone away. (laughs) Turn off the noise. Turn off the distraction and get alone with your Father God. Continue reading verse 7. And when you pray, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Have you ever heard someone pray? And it's like, you, you've heard them pray before, and you know when they're about to pray, this is going to be good. I mean, I mean, they're about to pray, and you might nudge, you might be in a small group or something, and you're about to pray, and you nudge a person, listen to this, this is good. Right, right? Like, you, you almost don't want to close your eyes, because you're just sure, like, the gates of heaven are just rattling with joy, because, I mean, they've got, they've got words, and they've got imagery, and they've got, I mean, it's, it's like a beautiful thing. You're like, wow, that is a prayer. I love that. I love that kind of prayer. But it's clear when Jesus is teaching us about prayer, he's not worried about that kind of praying. There's nothing wrong with that. If you've got that kind of gift, own it, you know? I'm glad for you. But Jesus is saying, man, it's, it's not about the many words that you say. It's not the flowery description of what you, it, that, that is not what it's about. And for some of the pagans, that's what it had been about, babbling on and on and on. Can I tell you today some of the most beautiful prayers I've ever experienced? Can I tell you, one of them, it's about a person in the room. I didn't ask her permission, but I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness later. Uh, my friend Haley, she was just up here singing uh, a little while ago, and Haley's great. She's been a part of this church for a long time, and I knew her when she was middle school Haley, because I was a middle school youth pastor. And middle school Haley was really shy. Uh, if you put a guitar in her hand, she would get up in front of people, but she would never, ever, ever, like, do anything else because she was so shy and reserved. But when she was, like, a junior or senior, I said, Haley, I think you could be a part of helping us lead a middle school small group for girls. 
And so I, she had a co-leader with her, and she kind of was like, okay, I'll do it. And I remember for weeks and weeks and weeks, she was kind of with the, the kind of adult leader. And, but I remember the first time that Haley had to lead that group when her co-leader wasn't there. And I, didn't, I don't even think I said anything to her. I just kind of sent up a prayer, Lord help her, she's good, right? And at the end of the night, I kind of checked in with her. And the funniest thing, I mean, the, the group went great. They had great conversation, great connection, but Haley kind of made a comment to me. She may not even remember that night. She said, we got to the end of the night, and I realized that I had to pray. And she's like, I'm not even sure I've prayed out loud before in front of a group of people. But she said, I did it, <laughs> and it worked. And, you know, I wasn't in the room that night, but I can assure you, when she bowed her head to pray that night, it probably wasn't the most flowery language. Maybe it was. She wasn't babbling on with words and words and words, but I guarantee you in that moment... As she led those eighth grade girls in prayer, it was genuine. It was real. It was heartfelt. Jesus said, that, that's how you pray. The other example would be my daughter, Reese. She had to have been about six years old. And uh, I was going through some hard season of ministry here at the church. And one particular day, it had just been a really hard day. <laughs> and it just, for reasons I can't explain to you, but it's just been a really hard day. And I was I was emotional, I was worn out, I was exhausted, I was struggling, and I, I try to always, when I can, help tuck in the kids, and so I come in that night to tuck her in, and I'm just, I just begin to cry, and, and she's kind of looking at me like, what, did I do something, and so I just kneel by her bed, and I, honestly, that night, I did not have the words to say to pray for my daughter, and so I just looked at her and said, Reese, could you pray for me? She had no idea what was going on, but I knelt by her bed, and I'll never forget my little six-year-old daughter, reaching out and putting her arm around me. And her prayer just said, Jesus, you love my daddy, and he loves you. Amen. <laughs> One of the most beautiful prayers that I've ever heard prayed. You see, Jesus says, it's just not about the flowery words. It's not about, I, I love that, and, and that's good. And it's not about how many were, oh, pray, pray often, pray all the time, pray long seasons, that's great. But, but Jesus says, man, don't get caught up in that. That is not what is most important to me what's important to me is that you get alone with me intentional time close off the distractions sit in my presence and then look what it says in verse eight don't be like the pagans right don't be like them with their flowery words for your father knows what you need before you ask him and then jesus says that has to be one of the most confusing statements about prayer that's ever been made up to that point i was tracking i was like okay yeah 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 we, we need to get alone with god and this is about building intimacy with him and it's not about all the words that we say but then jesus has the audacity to say oh by the way i know what you're going to pray anyway well then why am i praying i just sat down alone i just turned i locked the kids in the closet and i turned off all the you know, i'm trying to pray and now you tell me that you already know what i'm going to say well what was this all about and if you feel like that today, if you've ever felt like that, if you've ever wondered that, then I think you're on the midst of a breakthrough in what prayer is truly about. Because you see, you see prayer for us, prayer for us is a beautiful thing. And biblically, absolutely, do I believe that prayer is about um, the heart of God and hearing our heart and that our prayers matter and that God does answer prayer. I absolutely believe that. But the truth for us today, the bottom line for us today is the power of prayer. The power of prayer is not what God does for me, but what God does in me. Listen, listen this morning. 
This is a, a transformational, transformational truth in our lives. That the power of prayer, listen, prayer is powerful because God does answer it. And God does do things, and I, I don't know how to totally describe that for you, but I can't claim to read this book and not say that there are moments in prayer where the heart of God is moved. And, and, and he, he answers prayer. I absolutely believe that is true. But oftentimes we're so focused on prayer being about what God does for me that we miss what it is that God wants to do in us through prayer. The reason that we're to go into the quiet place and shut the door, the reason is that Jesus wants time. And you may say, I don't have hours and hours, man. He'll take five minutes if that's what you got. But that moment where you remove distraction, you say, I just want to be in your presence is because what God wants to do through prayer, oh man, is he wants you to know his heart. He wants to grow an intimate relationship with you. Just like me communicating with Lauren, if it's just passerby prayers, if it's just like, hey, I'll see you next Sunday. Man, you cannot grow in relationship with him. And the truth and the power of prayer is it's not about what God does for you through prayer. It's what God does in you. He wants to grow in you a relationship with him that is real, that is life-giving, that you and I, through prayer, would know the heart of God. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine going into your Monday tomorrow and you have such a connection with the heart of God that his thoughts are your thoughts and you walk in and you don't have to ask God, hey God, what do you, I mean, I mean, his heart is your heart because you're that connected to the heart of God and the people of my life that I could point to today as people of prayer, you know what makes them people of prayer? It's not because all the prayers they've ever prayed have been answered. In fact, there's some prayers they prayed, they probably are still waiting to answer too. You know the reason that my grandma, Mary Thompson, you know she's a person of prayer to me? is because she has a connection with God. She has intimacy with God, and it can't just happen by fly-by to the seat of your uh, desperate prayer, coin flip prayers, good luck charm prayers. It happens because she's not afraid to get alone with God. And when she's sorrowful man she tells him when she's joyful she tells him well, whatever it is in her life she is real before god and you know what happens is she begins to know the heart of god in every place of her life so with that said i want us to turn now to john 14 i said all of that to say uh, what we're going to read today in john 14 because we're going to close today by reading a powerful truth of scripture but for some of us it could be confusing. For some of us that are kind of struggling to understand what prayer is really about, the two verses that we're going to read in John 14 can be really confusing. But because we understand what prayer is really about, and man, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, that prayer isn't about presenting your request to God. That's biblical. I'm not saying that there's not power in God answering the specific prayers you pray. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying to you today is that's just the tip of the iceberg. For some of us, that's all we've made prayer about when Father God is desperate for our prayers to become about communicating with him, relationship with him, knowing his heart. There is so much more that prayer can be about than what you and I ever thought. When you come to John 14, Jesus is making a powerful claim. We're going to summarize the first few verses here. He's making a powerful claim to his disciples. And what he is saying, Jesus is saying, when you see me, you see God. Uh, so you and that's like, well, that's a no-brainer. You're the son of God. We know that. But for the disciples, for the Jews, see, the Jews believed that no man could see the face of God and live. Think about their history. Think about in the New Testament, in Exodus 33, 
that Moses has promised to see the glory of God, but he can't look on the face of God and truly live. And so Moses is permitted to see God, just his backside as he passes by. In 1 Kings 19, in 1 Kings 19, Elijah, the same experience, he gets to see the glory of the Lord, but not, not his face, just as he passes by, because the Jews believed no man could look upon the face of God and truly live. But Jesus stands before them in John 14, and he says, when you see me, you see the Father. That's a powerful truth. It's a powerful truth because uh, what it, as you read through, and you can do that later today in John 14, it's establishing this desire for relationship. That's why Jesus came, so that our relationship with God doesn't have to feel distant. It doesn't have to feel like we're praying to a God that we can't look at and we can't see. and we can't. Because of Jesus, you and I can have a relationship with God. That's what prayer is about. That's why we pray, because we're talking to a God who wants to talk to you. He wants to communicate. He wants you to, to speak to him, and he wants you to listen. That's what Jesus is saying, that, man, when you see me, you see God, and that's what makes this relationship possible. And now we're going to read in verse 13 and 14 some incredible truths, a powerful truth, a promise from Jesus that can often be so misunderstood. Jesus is speaking now about when he returns to the Father, He's telling his disciples, I'm going to return to my father one day. And when I do, and look at the truth. Again, we're talking about prayer this morning. Look at the truth as Jesus speaks in John 14, verse 13 and 14. It says this, and I will do, this is Jesus speaking to them. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it, Jesus says. Now, that's a powerful truth of Scripture. But if we're not careful, and if we don't really understand what Jesus is saying there, man, we can take that totally out of context. This could be like what I would call the blank check verse, right? Like, what, what, do, you, what do you need? Just say it, and Jesus will give it to you. What do you need? New car. Let's say it. Boom! He's giving it to you, right? I read it, John 14, 13 and 14, right? That's what we can do if we're not careful in, in understanding Scripture. That's why I spent so much time this morning helping you see as Jesus taught us about prayer, that prayer, it was not about the flowery words. And in fact, Jesus already knows what you're about to say. So what is prayer really about? It's about developing intimacy with God. And so as we look at the passage, I want you to focus on two things, two words. They're in there twice. Look at it again, look at it again, verse 13 and 14. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So I just began to think, I just began to ask, I began to pray. What does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? I pray that often. Many of you that are here, you know that. Maybe out of habit, if I was really honest, but I, I just I often pray in Jesus' name, amen. And, and I do that maybe out of habit. I, I think sometimes it's intentional, but Jesus is making an incredible promise to his believers, a powerful truth, and he says, when you pray, you pray in my name. So what in the world does it mean for us to pray in Jesus' name? If this is true, and Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, uh, you, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. What does that mean to pray in his name? I know what it's like to pray in Adrian's name. In Adrian's name, that means I pray for what I want, when I need it, 
uh, now, yesterday, you know. I know what it's like to pray according to my name. And what, I, what does it mean for me to pray in Jesus' name? And as I studied, I really think it means three things for us. Remember, the bottom line, the bottom line is that the power of prayer is not what God does for us, but what God does in us. That's what he wants us to see. God does, for, he does things for us in prayer, but man, he's really doing some things in us as we pray. Remember that, and because of that, I want you to know three things about what it means to pray in Jesus' name. The first, when we pray in Jesus' name, we're praying in his authority. We're praying in his authority. Do you know that you and I, on our own, we have no standing before God? The psalmist said it this way, who am I that you are even mindful of me? And you know, that's true, that you and I are, are sinners. And before a holy God, there is no reason that we should be able to come before a holy, just God as sinners and pray anything. There's no reason that he would listen to us. There's no reason. It, it's kind of like back in the day, coming before the king, not just anybody could come before the king. And there's no reason that you and I have any permission to come before the Father except because of Jesus, because of what he did for us on the cross, because he... He who had no sin became sin, that you and I may become the righteousness of God. The right, our righteousness is filthy rags, but in Jesus' name, we have the authority to come before God. You, you see, it's not about my righteousness. It's not about how good I am. It's not about how bad I am. When we pray, it's not based on our merit, but on God's merit, on his authority, in Jesus' name. So the next time you pray and you begin to pray, make sure that you're not trying to pray on your authority. But you're saying, God, the only reason I come to you today is because I'm coming in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, who, who gave himself for me, who bled and died on a cross, who took my place. Though I deserve death, he took the punishment, and now he's made a way for, I was an enemy of God, but now huh, I'm a friend of God. I can talk to you. You are closer than my next breath. And so when I come and I pray in Jesus' name, I'm acknowledging that Jesus made a way for me to have a relationship with you, God. So the very conversation that I'm having now is only possible because of him. But next, to pray in his name means that we pray, we pray as his representative. We pray as his representative, an ambassador, an ambassador from the United States to a foreign country does not show up in that foreign country and just start dishing out their own policy. Hey, I think we should do this. Actually, I think it should be this way. No, no, no. What does an ambassador do? What is their job? Their job is to represent their country, their entity, their leader. They're not going rogue out there, and if they are, they're not going to have a job very long. Their job is to represent someone else. And so when we come and when we pray in Jesus' name, we're actually praying as Jesus would pray. We're actually praying as his representative in a world that we are called to be his hands and his feet. In a world. So when you show up and you're praying into situations, you're not just praying according to your will and what you want. You are actually praying in Jesus' name as Jesus would pray, as Jesus would pray for that lost person, I pray for them. As Jesus would pray over my sick mama, I pray for her. As Jesus would pray over my financial situation, I pray and we pray representing Jesus, how he would pray. When's the last time? When's the last time that you closed the door, you removed the distractions, you got alone, and you prayed as Jesus would pray? Not just, well, let me dust off the list of requests here. All right, pray. Um, God, you remember I got that meeting today? Help me there. Remember my brother? He's really annoying. Help me there. Want to be a better husband? Fill that in. Well, what if instead of just going through the list, 
Remember, God does stuff for us in prayer. It's not that he doesn't, but man, it's way more than that. When's the last time you sat down and said, God, you know my needs. You know where I am. Now help me to pray as Jesus would pray over these. Help me, help me in his authority and as his representative to come and bring these requests before you. Help me as I commune with you, God. I I pray not, not on my own authority, but I pray in your authority. And now I pray as Jesus would pray. How would Jesus talk to the Father? Finally, finally, when we pray in Jesus' name, we pray for his glory. That's all over. That's all over John 14, 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified. So before we go rogue with our prayers and before we feel like our prayers are just about getting what we want, remember that even Jesus said, man, it's ultimately about for his glory. And so when we pray in Jesus' name, we're praying. We're praying that there's power in prayer, not in getting what I want. Man, I love when that happens. I love when God answers my prayer exactly how I want it, exactly how I prayed it. When that happens sometimes, that's beautiful, that's powerful, but that's not always the case. So the power in prayer is not in getting what I want, but in knowing him, in trusting him, in surrendering to him, in yielding to him, in his plan. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What that means is when you delight yourself in the Lord, man, you begin to pray in Jesus' name. And your, your heart becomes God's heart. And, and God fills those desires with his desires and he will always satisfy the desires that he gives you. The proof, the proof in praying in Jesus' name is not, you don't have to take my word for it. In fact, if you go back to where we started in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus doesn't just talk about the how of prayer. He, he shows us. He doesn't just talk about the logistics. He says, and now this is how you pray. And he prays one of the most famous prayers ever written, the Lord's Prayer. And we're not going to pray the whole prayer today. That would be a beautiful topic in and of itself. But remember, Jesus tells us and teaches us about prayer. And he begins this prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's like glory be to your name. And then don't miss what Jesus said next. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus had power and he had authority for his kingdom for his own name, for his own glory. But even Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's God's glory. It's his kingdom come. His will be done. I want you, as we close this morning, I want you to have a visual in your mind. And the visual is Jesus himself, who was fully God and fully man. But if there's anybody that could teach us about prayer, it would be Jesus. If there's anybody that had a a lifeline directly to the Father God, it was Jesus. In in the last moments that Jesus was here on earth before he was crucified, he knelt in a garden to pray. And in that moment of praying, in that moment of honesty, he cries out to the Father and he says, Father, if there's any other way than the cross, if there's any other way for this cup of suffering to be taken from me, Father, please take it from me. You see, God's okay with us asking. God's okay with us asking what is on our heart. He's okay with our honesty before him, but then don't miss what Jesus concludes his prayer with. Remember, we're praying in his name. As he knelt there that day and he says, Father, 
if there's any way for this suffering to be taken from me, take it, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus himself, he's teaching us how to pray in this moment of fear, in this moment where he knew the cross was coming. Even then he said, Father, not my will, not my glory, not my plan, but yours be done. When we pray in Jesus' name, we pray in his authority. We pray as his representative, oh, but we pray for his glory, just as Jesus knelt there in that moment. And he said, oh, Father, ultimately it is about your plan, not mine. When's the last time you prayed? And you got alone with God. And you sit there, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. It's okay. It's not about the flowery words. It's not about saying the right thing. It's just about being alone and listening and telling God what's on your heart. And when's the last time you prayed, not in your name, but in his name? When's the last time you prayed, not according to what you want in your glory, in your list, in your way, but you said, ultimately, God, not my will, but yours be done. That's a prayer that can transform our prayer life. It's a prayer that can transform our intimacy, our connection with God. It's a prayer that helps us take a step towards who God wants us to be this morning. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet if you would. We're going to close this morning in prayer, and we're going to close praying in Jesus' name. And I just want to pray for you. And today, I'm going to invite you. Uh, often when we pray, we close our eyes. Why do we do that? It's just removing distraction. It's kind of the side of getting alone. But this morning, if you don't want to close your eyes, you don't have to. Because your God's listening. He's here. But this morning, uh, as we pray, and, and today, maybe as I pray, you want to pray specifically. But this morning, you don't want to pray about a, a need You don't want to just present a laundry list of things to the Lord. Maybe today you just want to cry out for intimacy with God, for connection with Him, that intimacy word, it scares us. But today you just want, you want to be in relationship with God. You want to know that the God of the universe hears you and He's listening and you want to know His heart. So right now, as I begin to pray, if that's you today, and today you want to cry out, not for what God can do for you, but what He wants to do in you, if that's you right now, I'm going to invite you to just lift your hands to God. There's nothing crazy about that. There's nothing overly spiritual about it, but it's a posture that just says, God, I'm reaching out for you. In prayer, I'm praying in your name. I want want more of you in my life. I want prayer to be something real. I don't want it to be manufactured. I don't want it to be a flip of the coin. And if that's you today, just, just reach out for God. It's an outward symbol of what God's doing in your heart today in faith and just saying, God, I just want... I want something deeper. I want to connect with you more. I want to know your heart. Today, God, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God. In his authority. The only reason that we have to come before you today is because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And so today, we pray not in my authority, but in the authority of Jesus. And we pray today as his representatives. As we look over the hurt in our lives. As we look over the pain in our lives today, we pray, Lord, not the prayers that we always want to pray, but we pray as Jesus would pray. Would you teach us to do that, Lord? Would you teach us to do that? That might be the thing in our lives that transforms our prayer life into something real, that we would pray how Jesus would pray, and then we would pray for your glory, not my will, God, but yours be done. Even Jesus in the garden was surrendered. So today, Lord, as we pray, 
Some of us in this room surrendered, saying, God, I want more of you. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you, and we ask all of this in your name. Amen. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at for any questions about our church. We have two gatherings every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and a third gathering at 11.45 in Spanish. Celebrate Recovery also meets here each and every Monday night at 6 p.m. We're at 1871 Boyers Road in Rockingham, Virginia, and we would love for you to join us. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.